This is the Criterion Creeps Podcast. I'm Jared Duncan. This is Arda Baylog. And we're just two guys who have no other choice now but to creep our way through the Criterion Collection one spine number at a time in order of release. This week, we're getting into marketing and experiencing the bohemian life in late 60s England as we watch Spine 119 and 120 in the Criterion Collection, Bruce Robinson's With Nail and I from 1986, and How to Get Ahead in Advertising from 1988. But first, RJ, uh, <laughs> did, did, did something did something happen to you? What are you talking about? <laughs> Enough. Well, <laughs> well, you came in hot, and you had this squeaky voice, and you're like, my name is Jara, and then, and then you oh, started recording. What? What? You're, you're doing this thing. I don't know. Doing what thing? Continue. Well, anyways, you you started it, and you were talking like it, so I just brought it on. People weren't privy to that before we started recording, but whatever. This isn't a high-quality podcast. People don't pay hey. us big bucks to do this. That's true. It used to be a high-quality podcast back when you used to watch uh, the movies that were related to the Criterions, but <laughs> as a fan pointed out, we don't do that anymore. Yeah. And we're, we're, not, we're not about that. We're merely chuds yeah. in the machine. No. Anyways, what's up, chud? Hey, RJ, remember uh, when I sent you that story about how uh, on an April Fool's Criterion announced that uh, Chud was going to be part of the Criterion collection the one year? And then the following year, they busted out Kindergarten Cop. Those are both good movies. Uh, well, Chud's not that good, but those are, I think Kindergarten Cop could be in here. Are, like any Arnold Schwarzenegger movie should be in the Criterion. The shit they put in here these days. But, uh, you know, Chud, Chud should have been a good movie. When we re- remake Chud, we'll rectify that. Gotcha. What was your point, by the way? Uh, I don't know. How are things? I'm fine, man. Living life. No. Living the weekend. It's uh, 4th of July. Is Independence Day. And you got a wedding this weekend? Uh, no. This weekend I have a baptism. Jesus Christ. And then the next weekend I have a, uh, a trip and then the weekend after, I have a steak. And then the weekend after is a wedding. And then the weekend after is a steak get. Hmm. That I'm not attending, but Andrea is. Uh, Are you going to disguise yourself as a woman and like make sure that Andrew, Andy doesn't do anything fishy? No, she's never suspect in situations. Not that I can tell. She doesn't really drink. Not really. There was oh. an incident once. Oh. And she has learned her lesson. No, that sounds threatening. It was. It was supposed to be a threat. No, she don't really drink too much. So I don't really worry about her. She cool. But she, she, she knows better. She she knows better. Yeah. So uh, no wedding this weekend. Uh, I was uh, downtown having some beers though. Not downtown, but uh, you know where like Fat Burger is and the keg. And we were sitting there, and uh, we were looking out the window and walking down the street. This big fucking badger was just walking down the middle of the street. Oh uh, yes. Like downtown Lethbridge almost. That's like, well, not even downtown. That's like a major, oh, like, route. That's a major road. And, uh, yeah, it was. And we were just like, holy shit, that badger's way out of uh, way out of bounds here, man. It's Maybe. way farther than they usually go. Yeah, the badgers kind of go where they want. Badgers do go where they want. They're big bastards. They're scary, too. Mm-hmm. Last year on Canada Day, my uh, brother saw two badgers fighting. Oh, yeah, well, because uh, they live out on the farm, and he heard this, like, noise, and he was like, holy shit. He's like, coyotes got the cats. <laughs> so he went out there with the basketball, and uh, he saw the two badgers were fighting, and then they just stopped and looked at him. 
and he ran away. So was was his plan to use the basketball as, oh, a, we, as, a, as a means to... Uh, we've talked about this many times. He uh, doesn't know what he was going to do. <laughs> and when he got out there, he saw that it was two big badgers. And he was like, holy shit, all I have is a basketball. Because he thought it was like a coyote was like getting a cat or something. So he's like, I can pay off a coyote with this basketball, mm-hmm. save the cat. But uh, it was two big badgers. And he was like, holy shit. So uh, they looked at him and he st- they stopped. And... Uh, then they ran away, and he ran away too. So <laughs> it was okay. Outstanding. Yeah, and it was Canada Day, and it's Impotence Day, and uh, people are doing all Imp- sorts of stuff. Did you yeah, have a hot dog? It, it was Impotence Day. Yeah, it's well. Today is Impotence Day. Uh, for some. For some. Did you have a hot dog to celebrate this week? No, but I did go to a oh, barbecue. Fuck. What were they serving at this barbecue if there weren't hot dogs? Well, uh, you know, I was meeting uh, Chanel's friend's boyfriend from Victoria. Chanel's uh, boyfriend? No, Chanel's friend's boyfriend. Oh, okay. And um, he uh, works, I'm not kidding, RJ, in artisanal sausages. Shut up. I'm not, I, Shut up. I would not dare lie about this. Did you ask him about what that means? Yes, I, I did. Uh, he works at a meat shop. Mm-hmm. So he he dismembers animals as they come in. It's a real probably a real. He does himself. Yeah, yeah. His yeah. weapons at butchers, okay. and uh, no, there's apparently mold involved instead of. Uh, what do you mean M O L D mold, mold uh, which helps yeah, but- break down the meats. It's all very, I'm sure, very organic and conscientious. Um, uh, and, yeah. yeah, yeah. See, see, this is the world we live in. I like my I like my sausage not moldy. Well, um, I guess it's kind of all about the state that it is when you eat it, because essentially cured meat is kind of like prevented it from that. Maybe this is like the good mold, kind of like no, good, I, good, I, like, I, like good Hodgkins, like blue cheese. Sure, like any form of cheese. Nah, nah. Mm. <laughs> No, I don't think that's a real thing. I'm going to Well, uh, so this guy, he was cooking our meats. And uh okay. so he, he apparently is a cook or chef or something by his trade and uh he did a pretty good job, I think, making some ribs, making some chicken, cooking it up, putting it on the the BBQ, making some corn on the cob. What kind of bougie ass barbecue you were you at that you're eating ribs and chicken like was this a sit-down affair for like four people? Uh, eight. Eight of us were there. Mm. There's a I lot don't know of, if I like this. There was a bunch of really sweet doggos about. That was. Ooh, uh, I, I do like doggos. No. You didn't eat any though, did you? I did not eat any dog. No. Uh, was that a tr- artisanal guy? Like, ooh, artisanal dog. No. Well, you never know. You never know. You never know. He's probably like lives in a house with like reclaimed wood, and eats that like that water that doesn't have fluoride in it. Yeah, no, not this dude. This guy's not in, this he's, dude. He's, he's for a good, here for a good time. Oh, is he drinking a little beers? Oh, a few beers for the boys. Yeah, he uh, killed that eight pack. What uh, what did what kind of eight pack did he have? PBR. Uh, Lucky's. Lucky, ooh, luxury. Yeah. That's yeah. artisanal beer. Yeah, and the uh, the barbecue sauce was some uh, yellow brand, some like actual ooh. no name, but it nice. It did the job. Yeah, it does do the job. For our uh, afar American listeners, which we have none, Lucky would be like a, a natty ice. <laughs> a what natty about, what ice. about for like primarily uh, Australian? Uh, I don't. I don't southern know what hemispherians. Are. 
I've never been there. I don't know what their cheap ass beer is. You email email me about a beer that's like less than eighty cents a can, and that's basically what this guy was drinking. Um, and then so yeah, an unrelated like social news. I, I dreamt last mm. night I was in New York City, uh, and it was like kind of a, some sort of really stressful trip where some sort of security crackdown was happening, and I was down there for some some kind of event and I was having to like be shuffled around and there was like no rooms available and being like shunted off into like a warehouse and like wall to wall people. And one of my thoughts in that dream was, Oh, I wonder if I'll see Josh Frazier. He's in New York. Right. So, Hmm. so even my dreams are listeners are there. That sounds pretty made up. It's, uh, it's, if you were there, you were probably for a sex, a sex criminal convention. (laughs) Uh, I had a dream uh, after I saw that badger that uh, there was all sorts of animals at my house, like a possum yeah. and an anteater. And then a bat came, and the bat was fighting the possum, and I felt really bad. I tried to stop it, but I couldn't. Man, I just, just want to point out that here we are talking about our dreams. Well, nobody e- emails in anymore. No, we have to fill the air. <laughs> we we got to fill this air with something. If you don't want to hear us talk about badgers and possums <laughs> and artisanal and our, sausage, yeah, then do something about it. Help yeah. us, please, for I the know. love of God. Well, moving along. Hey, RJ. Yeah. What you been creeping on? I got a few for you, dude. I got a few. I watched a western. Yeah. This on was, uh, this, this was they, ra- this was random. Uh, it's not really. Um, or is it because of the the Borgnine? Uh, the Borgnine and the Raquel Welch. Oh, you're she's a super fox. Mm. Uh, I watched Hanny Calder from 1971, directed by Big Burt Lee. Kennedy. You know him. He directed Suburban Commando, featuring yeah. Hulk Hogan. Yeah, and a few other uh, odors. And that other stuff doesn't mass doesn't matter. He directed Suburban Commando. Right. So, so I watched his Western, Jared. Uh, it was pretty serious. Mm-hmm. Uh, I watched this because Ernest Borgnine is in it. and uh, Big, Big Lee. Yeah, Christopher Lee. I didn't even know he was in this. Maybe I did. Maybe that's why it was on my watch list. Right. I had this on my watch list. So I was like, ooh, that's a cool poster. It's like Raquel Welch. She's in like one of those uh, Arapiers. Mm-hmm. One of those like Mexican blankets. And she's got a holster. She's looking like a super fox. I was like, oh, shit, that looks good. So I threw this movie on. Uh, I had no idea. It was all about rape. Yeah, sure, and, uh, sure is. That's like the entire premise of this movie. So it's Old West. You have these three scoundrels, these bad dudes. Ernest Borgnine is one of them. The other two guys are like real dirty looking old men. And uh, they rob a bank. They leave on their horses. They meet up on this uh, little farmhouse. And there's this old farm guy, and he's like, well, their partner, you can water your horse if you want. But they blast him away. They kill that dude, mm-hmm. dead. And uh, they're like, all right, let's take some shit. And they go in the house, and there's Raquel Welch. And man, are her tits out. They're just out there. She's looking good. So these three guys are like, we're going to have some fun. So they all rape her, mm-hmm. and then they leave. And then that's pretty depressing. And then this like real sweet old dude with a mustache comes by and finds her. And she's like feral dog now. And she kind of joins with him. He's a bounty hunter. They go on a fabulous adventure. He's teaching her some stuff. They go down to Mexico. They see uh, my buddy, Christopher Lee. He's like a gunsmith. He's like making guns, working with guns, 
doing stuff with guns. Uh, and he's just having a good time living with his uh, Mexican family. Right. Down in on the shoreline by the beach. By the right beach. Near the beach. <laughs> right near the beach, man. So he's hanging out there. Oof. And they're, <laughs> they're training Raquel Welch how to be a fighter, how to shoot, how to do all sorts of stuff. Bandits come, mess stuff up. As Raquel they do. Welch, yeah, as they do. Uh, they wouldn't if they had that wall up, I guess. That's hey. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyways, so Raquel Welch goes back. She goes after the guys who raped her. It's a rape revenge movie. Yep. I, I thought it was pretty good. I didn't realize it was all about uh, mm. big, dirty rape, so that was kind of off-putting. Yeah, yeah, there's lots of flashbacks to remind you, and and yeah. lots of like shots of uh, like like first-person shots of men's faces in various states of rape. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that was kind of a bummer because I didn't really know that, and I was like, oh man, I was just coming to watch like Foxy Raquel Welch do her thing. Mm-hmm. I didn't know she got raped in this movie, so uh, that was a bummer, but. Uh, thought it was pretty good western you mm-hmm. get some good characters she's cool the old bounty hunter's cool christopher lee making guns is cool so i don't have a whole lot to say ernest Bur- ernest borgnine is always a treat to watch so that was nice as well it's pretty good yep yeah do you have anything uh, to say about Danny calder uh no i watched this a few years ago uh i too was uh taken aback by the rapiness of it Rape. Yeah, because they and they really drive home. Hey, remember when she was raped in the first ten minutes of this movie? Lots of flashbacks mm-hmm. to lots of that, mm-hmm. and uh, and then they get killed. So yeah, I don't know. They, this movie could probably be dispatched with some of those things and just like pl- like go forward with it, but then it wouldn't be so saucy, I guess, for the time. Because mm-hmm. this is what this is like sixties, right? Uh, I don't know. It was kind of like a, yeah. 71. 71, okay. So, I mean, they're making movies that are responding to the spaghetti westerns and trying to be like Mm -hmm. a little little edgier, bringing in those people saying, hey, you want to see Raquel Welsh the way you've never wanted to see her or maybe the way you exactly want to see her, you sick fucks. And uh, yeah, so here we go. And this movie's like an obscure one because I remember when I uh, brought it over to Corey's place like several years ago he was like what the hell is Hanny calder and he's pretty like film literate and i was like what <laughs> like i i kind of knew about this movie just because people mentioned po- it poster alone uh just because i don't know people like like it seems like you uh, are part of this people who have this real hang up about raquel welsh and like talk about how hot she is all the time what do you mean hang up yeah uh, you you've you been kind of you, you sound like uh you want to be in this movie and doing things so i don't know I, I don't know just, just i i just remember how it her is. in seinfeld when she's walking you know, in Seinfeld? I don't remember that at all. Do you remember her in Seinfeld? No. <laughs> okay, well, whatever. She was also in Chairman of the Board, that Carrot Top movie. Wow. That was pretty cool. All right, so that's the episode this week. And uh, we'll never come back. Born on the 4th of July. Yeah, what about Born on the 4th of July? <laughs> you watched it. I sure did. And you were was- whining to me. That Netflix what do you mean, took it. Netflix took it down okay, okay, before okay. before Fourth of the July, and my response was, "RJ, that movie's not very good." No, it's not. But then and it here's should the be, point. and it should be good. It should be here's way better. Point. It should be way better than it is. Last week, I realized our podcast would be on the Fourth of July on Wednesday, and I was like, "Ooh, shit! Uh, I got that born on the Fourth of July in my Netflix list. It was there a week ago, a week ago, Jarrett." And I was like, I remember because 
we were flipping through Netflix and I was like, you want to watch this movie, Andrea? And it's that picture of Tom Cruise in the wheelchair with the mullet and the mustache. Yeah. And she's like, uh, no. And I was like, eh, I got her. Uh, so I, it was there a week ago. And then Sunday I go to watch this fucking thing. I was like, oh, I'll watch it for the podcast. It'll be topical. It'll be fun. And it's not on there anymore. It's not on Netflix. What kind of crazy fucking asshole takes off born on the 4th of July on uh, June 3rd or July 1st? three days before like what what is this sadists unbelievable so i thought that was a bunch of total horse shit jared anyways i watched the son of a bitch not no thanks to netflix through other means through other means legal means obtainable means yeah uh and you're right this movie should be really good but you know what it's not it's not very good it's kind of to be honest it's kind of goofy like it's kind of a bad movie. Yeah. So this this movie is all about PTSD from Nom. I think people know what this movie is about. Yeah. But Tom Cruise goes to Nom. He comes back. He's in a wheelchair and he's got PTSD. Uh, and Oliver Stone is like, he's good at this stuff. Well, he directed this, Platoon. He did Platoon. Uh, he he does like all the Americana stuff all the time. Real good. Uh, you know what? He would be perfect Pierce, at. Yeah. Uh, JFK, he did. You know what he would have been perfect at? Would uh, have been that Stephen King book, eleven twenty two sixty three. That's all about JFK and like mm. America in the sixties. Right. That would have been a good Oliver Stone it, thing if he made it in his prime. Yeah, but he's all about like conspiracy theories now, and like all these political movies. How, and how I, Castro's is great. <laughs> Cash, yeah, and I don't know. I was talking with a friend the other day about Oliver Stone, and I was like, I don't know. I only really like three of his movies: JFK, Platoon, yeah, and Any Given Sunday. Those mm-hmm. are the only three I really like. I think I don't like Natural Born Killers. I think yeah. that movie sucks. Yeah, I don't, I'm not a I'm not a huge fan. I, w- I don't know why people like that movie. Like um, I don't get it. Salvador. It's been a long time since I've seen it, but Salvador is good. Uh, mm-hmm. that's, that's what Jim, Jimmy Woods. Uh, Jimmy Woods. Be- before he, <laughs> Jimmy Wood. he turned into what he is now. Um, He's not playing like Salvador Dali, is he? <laughs> I don't believe so. Uh, let's take a ganders here. Uh, Wall Street is okay. Fine. Uh, yeah. The Doors I actually thought was pretty rad. Like it's just, I mean, it's yep. not a great movie on the whole, but it's got so many cool visuals and it's pretty, mm-hmm. pretty ambitious. So uh, I've never do, seen that, so I'll do, check it out. Door Doors. I mean, how do you feel about the Doors? Do you feel the same way about them as you do the Rolling Stones? No, I like uh, I like the Doors. I like Touch Me. Where it's like, come on, come on, touch me, baby. Okay. I, I also like Val Kilmer. He's a cool dude. Yeah. So he's very yeah, platoon platoons. Uh, it's been a while since I watched it, but that movie is pretty great. I think, mm-hmm. um, I mean, what the hell am I looking at? JFK. Oh, this is his like actor list. Give me the oh, director you list. You fucking chump. No, letterbox is the chump here. Oh, chump. uh, RJ, you, you still have to watch the hand. Uh, I, uh, I've never heard of such a movie. The one Never. that you literally looked over at it just this moment. <laughs> you son of what a you, bitch. <laughs> what do you mean? It's yeah, a, I have a copy of Jarrett's The Hand uh, sitting talk, on my desk right beside me. Talk radio is decent. I've never mm. seen Heaven and Earth. Uh, Nixon, uh, if you're into Nixon, uh, it's not bad. It's it's no JFK, but it's pretty cool. Um, I am. I love that Nixon. <laughs> and what about no, any like, given Sunday? 
I saw that in theater. I, I don't. I, awesome. No, I don't care about that footballing. So uh, you, you don't know how to play sports, though. Yeah, I don't know what happened to him. Oh my god! You look at this. All this like Castro stuff. And Snowden, Savages, Alexander, World Trade, World Trade Center, Center W, which was like a huge mm-hmm. disappointment. The Wall Street sequel. Mm-hmm. More goddamn Castro. Fuck, I didn't even know that. The Putin interviews. Jesus. Yeah, so anyways, Oliver Stone, he's a weird dude. Hit and miss. Varied and career. Miss. But that's why Born on the Fourth of July is such a bad movie, I think, is because like it's the dude who made Platoon. This guy's real good at war movies. And I, I realize the point of this movie isn't about the war itself. It's about what kind of you take home with you from that. But the war parts of this movie are so weak. Like yeah. it's like ten minutes, and you don't even really get to see anything that's like, oh man, war sucks. You see Tom Cruise, he's like, oh shit, there's a baby there. And the hokiness but, of like and, all the preamble before Cruise goes, and they're like, oh man, you're gonna be great. So it's so you're my Yankee thick. Doodle Dandy. Yeah, it's real like, oh, you're going to be the hero. You're going to come back. It's just going to be like World War Two, which was like the mm-hmm. whole thing. And then he goes, and then he's injured. He goes to the vet hospital, and it's all fucked up. And then he moves back, and nothing's the same. And people are spitting on you, calling you a baby killer. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then you go live in Mexico and get fucked up with uh, John uh, uh, Willem Dafoe. And, yep. start, and you argue about how many babies you killed. <laughs> Maybe I killed all the babies. You never killed a baby. baby. And then then they start having a fucking wheelchair fight. And that is the best part of the movie, I'd argue. Yeah, the wheelchair part's good. So here's the thing. There's a couple cool parts. The wheelchair part is good. Uh, Willem Dafoe and, like, Tom Cruise in Mexico is not bad. Tom Cruise in the really shitty vet hospital, that stuff's not bad. There's a lot of enemas. And you're just Mm -hmm. like, oh, fuck, this really sucks. Uh, I like the scenes with Tom Cruise and his dad. I thought those were actually pretty good because his dad's like, I don't know. This is like, this should have been like a father and son movie at its heart, but they really downplay that to like two scenes. And you're just like, oh, well, those parts are cool. I also liked when he came home and there's that really greasy guy that he was friends with who has a burger joint. And like his gimmick is that the burgers have a hole in the middle, like a donut Mm. and he saves on beef. I, th- I don't know why. That's not like a cool part of this movie. I just thought that was funny for some reason. And uh, I don't know. So there, there's like good parts, but a lot of it's really goofy. And I I don't know. It's like I was saying, the, the war parts suck. Uh, and I know it, it's not supposed to be like a movie that's supposed to be about that stuff. But the war, the war stuff sucks. And I don't know. You don't really like feel bad for him. You're just like, oh, that's. Like whatever, because the whole time he's like, I, "We were lied to," and you're like, "Yeah, I know," but they don't really make you feel sad for him in any ways. You're just like, "Oh, that sucks." It doesn't feel like a real thing, I guess. Right. And it probably should because it was. So, and I don't. It's, some of it's really cheesy too. Like at the start when he's a little kid, and his mom goes, "I had a dream last night." They're watching JFK, and it's really inspirational. And she's like, I had a dream last night that you were talking in front of crowds of huge people. Oh, yeah. And then at the end, he's, like, wheeling out to, like, a like a protest crowd to, like, give a speech. And the voiceover kicks back in. It's like, I had a dream last oh, night. Yeah, that's some, and that's it's just like, ooh, that's pretty, pretty on, bad. On the nose. <laughs> Little on the nose. Yeah. So I followed that up, Jared. Anyways, born on the 4th of July. Eh, whatever. Who yeah. gives a shit? 
Uh, I watched a movie that I only ever saw when I was a little kid. So I was like, America, Tom Cruise. The military complex. Military. So uh, I watched Top Gun from 1986 by Tony Scott. Tony Scott's from Texas, right? Uh, yeah, he's a British man from Texas. <laughs> so I watched uh, Top Gun. Um, I haven't seen it since I was a little kid. Mm-hmm. And everyone knows Top Gun because it is in literally everything. Every comedy show, every bro show, every show. It was on su- su- it was on whatever it was a uh, Super Channel or whatever TBS was. Yep. Well, they, they play that Channel- movie constantly. But Listen, also, like, every new movie and new TV show is always like, what's super, up, Maverick? Superstation. That's super what it was. Station. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean, though? I, uh, every movie and TV show is like, hey, Top Gun, what's up, Maverick? Like, they, they just talk about Top Gun all the fucking time. Yep. So there's that. Yep. So I watched this Top Gun movie. I haven't seen it in, like, 20 years. And uh, uh, Top Gun's... Sucks. Pretty yeah, Top Gun's kind of lame, man. Yeah, my review on Letterbox was uh, what a bunch of fucking nerds. Because yeah. it's like this whole movie. There's two parts of this movie. Fifty uh, percent of this movie is guys uh, close-ups of guys in cockpits being like, "Whoa, where did he go? What's happening?" But you don't. Kenny Loggins coming for you. Yeah. You like hardly see any planes flying, like any jets, and it's just close-ups, and you're like, okay, I guess I probably saved a lot of money. Uh, and then the other half of the movie is Tom Cruise like on a motorcycle, driving into the sunset, and it's like, bah, 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 bah. and this like bah, fake bah, romance bah, bah, that he has bah, with this lady, teacher, blondie, yeah. And it's like, who gives a shit? Because you see them, bah, bah, and then you see Tom bah, Cruise bah, with boobs. And like you're like these guys don't seem like real friends. That fucking guy from ER, yeah, that was never in anything else. Anthony nobody Michael, about, yeah, nobody gives a shit about Anthony Edwards. Yeah, about uh, Goose. Fuck Goose. Goose sucks. So you're like whatever. Uh, then there's this like phony rivalry between him and Val Kilmer. It's like Maverick versus Iceman, and they're like, it's like just make out, guys. Just do it. <laughs> There's that volleyball scene, which is like fine, and there's like this, there's like this tension between them, but it's like, it's like, what are they fighting about? Like, I don't get it. I'm gonna be the best. Like, I'm. I'm they gonna... played that up a lot. They're like, I'm the best there ever was. I'm gonna get that top spot. I'm the top gun. Ice man. Ice man. But even so, it's like this seems pretty like childish. This is yeah, a little immature. Movie. This movie. Yeah, it sucks. I don't know. I don't know. Some people are really into this, but I don't know. It feels like a put on to me. This this false sense of uh, masculinity that people put on because it's cool to be into this movie and it's just like, you know, this movie's mm-hmm. not so great. But I don't know. I I feel like there's a you had to be in this window of time to watch it to kind of get sucked into it. It's kind of yeah. like Star Wars when you try to like say maybe get people to watch like the original Star Wars movies now and mm-hmm. if, if they've never seen it, they just see some real problems with it and it's like whatever who gives a shit you're an idiot if you don't like star wars that's kind of like the opinion of probably people who are really mm-hmm. into top gun when they go yeah i didn't grow up with this movie I, most 80s action movies like the big ones like this mm-hmm. they do nothing for me same with like the lethal weapon movies i i wish they were better well, those have mel gibson in, in yeah the, in the well I'm, 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 that's why i lent you that uh that that four pack or i gave no, you never or, lent or, it to did me I, or didn't i just not just give no, it to you you said you were going to but you never did mm, which know, was a major major problem 
Well, I have to, I have to maybe have to go find that again and make sure I just shove that in your paws. Mm. And then you, yeah, you open... said you, you Are... said you were going to, but you never did. Okay. Well, then you can then you can tell me if those movies are better than my mind tells me because they the, probably the, are. Those movies are real bad. <laughs> well, we'll we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. So yeah, Top Gun, eh? But anyways, Top Gun's kind of lame. Yeah, it's kind of lame. Man. It's got some nice shots. It looks pretty beautiful at times. It's got those, some. It's got some cool stuff. Yeah, on, but... on the deck of the carriers and stuff like that, the clouds and like those moments like that, they're like, wow, this is like really beautiful. Um, but yeah. beyond that, it's like. This movie is like chump change. And why are people excited about Top yeah. Gun 2? And like, I don't know, there's some dudes in town that I've heard, like they go top gunning or whatever, and they're dressed as, they're fucking, with their aviators on. And well, it's like that. It's like, come on, wingman. Yeah. It's like, you got to be my wingman. There's like that scene in the movie with like Goose. And again, Goose fucking sucks. I don't know why anyone feels bad for Goose when he gets blasted into the fucking window. Like, who cares? Goose sucks. Goose Bo- sucks. Bottom gun. Bottom gun. Yeah. Bottom <laughs> heavy bottom or whatever that sex thing is. Power bottom. There you go. I don't know. You knew right what I meant. Yeah. Yeah, that's a move in Top Gun. Anyways, Top Gun's kind of lame. Yeah. It's, it's kind of lame. I think it's a. I think that's that false nostalgia thing where it's like mm. people talk about Top Gun so much you think it's good, but it's. But you watch Top Gun and you're like, eh, whatever. Mm-hmm. Nerds. Nerds. So, anyways, that's all I watched. Did you watch anything this week? Or are you? Uh, I uh, no, man, no. I stepped up this week. I was Did in the you? I was in the mood to watch some stuff. So let me really? let me lay it down for you. First up, I saw all these people online. They're jibber jabbering about the new Adult Swim uh, short film that got put up from mm-hmm. the guys who brought who brought us uh, Too Many Cooks. Remember mm-hmm. that? Remember that Too Many Cooks that everyone loved? I do, but I didn't, RJ. I thought too many cooks kind of sucked and I thought it was real try hard and real lame and just like, who gives a fuck? Uh, so I don't know why I th- expected more from, this is the follow-up for at least one of the guys, uh, final deployment for queen battle walkthrough. So mm. what this is RJ is it's a meta, uh, film about a guy. He's like a total do- dorky YouTube man and he does walk yeah. through videos for this game called Final Deployment 4. It looks just like your like Gears of War type of thing. And Call it's of a, Duty? Uh, not Call of Duty. More, It's definitely like Gears of War is the game okay. that they're kind of referencing. But what happens is the idea that it, it takes on this idea that what happens to those guys after they win and they turn into, you know, vets and they have PTSD, and the, the mm. rest of the gameplay, it's like, ho-ho, look what we're doing here. And I see some people go, I wish it was more like that. And I'm like, no, it's really not that good. Like, this isn't, like, funny. It's not interesting what they're doing. But then what mm-hmm. happens is the character within starts also doing video walkthroughs of the video game he's playing. And then the guy who's doing the walkthrough, he's a character in a bigger game that is being made through, oh made a walkthrough. And everyone's doing video walkthroughs of everything else. And they make these sort of meta comments that are about uh, existence. Mm-hmm. And it just goes on and on and on. It's a huge chain of things. And eventually it all wraps around and then everything crashes. It's like 30 minutes long. There's... Uh, and like it, it's got these jokes built into it to like deflect the point that this isn't very good. And there's mm-hmm. like there's like little jokes like where there's like a chat log and someone says this isn't like this is like no 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 near as good as too many cooks. And I'm like oh see they're mm-hmm. covering their ass because they it's such a like that's what people do in art school in their like 
bachelors. Like when they're doing mm-hmm. their undergrad, they're like, oh, well, this is supposed to be bad. Like it's meant to be this way. It's real. Yeah. And it's like, no, this is bad. Like this isn't very, like you're, a lot of effort went into this, but thought wise, it's not very good. Um, mm-hmm. And then it comes to the end and it's just like more of the same. You're like, oh my God. And then they say, I think that, like the punchline kind of is like, oh, you just wasted, you could, you could, someone might say, I just wasted a half hour of my life, but we're aware that you might say that. So we're going to put it in our work. And it's like, okay, enough, enough mm-hmm. from you guys. But when I read people go, this is mad, mad brilliance. I just go, yeah, you're. You, you you're not brilliant, mm-hmm. folks. This, this sucked. I I was like like pretty annoyed by this for the most yep. part. I don't know. I I'm not like this. Like I don't have this sense of humor. I love that Tim and Eric stuff. I like that mm-hmm. Wonder Shows in. Um, this just kind of was not not a success. There's uh one of the most popular reviews on Letterboxd is uh like the start is a link to a subreddit that's uh I think it's funny. It's called I'm 14 and this is deep. <laughs> which sounds like what you're talking about. Yeah. But uh, I forgot. I don't know if I ever mentioned when I was talking about hereditary guy shorts and I was like, these shorts are all right, but they just make me want to watch those adult swim shorts. The, the house, this house one. has people yeah. in it and uh, unedited footage of a bear. Mm-hmm. I was like, those are like really good examples of shorts where yeah. that dude's shorts weren't that good. And uh, it sounds like this short isn't very good either. So no. shorts, shorts don't wear them. Mm-hmm. No. Don't I like shorts. <laughs> I bought a pair of shorts for the first time in years. <gasps> Are you gonna wear them with sandals? God no. Fucking nerd. I won't. I will not wear sandals. Um, I what follow. Else? I followed this up. Uh, the new new Criterion just came out. John mm. Waters, Female Trouble. Yeah. Uh, this movie's Ugh. it's got a special place in my heart. Uh, this is like one of the probably the first movie I watched with Chanel when we first started dating. Oh, you nerd. Almost 14 years ago. We watched it on a, uh, a DVD two pack. It was this and pink flamingos. Um, and so, yeah, we watched, so, and we watched it again this time. So crack that out. Female trouble. Uh, again, I, I'm very excited to watch this uh, for the podcast with you. Uh, That's never going to happen. I know, but, uh, John Waters, man, I cannot wait for you to experience John Waters, RJ, nor can our listeners. Um, mm. Yeah, this movie's still crazy and kind of wonderful. I love the, his like dirty '70s Baltimore, and just like his writing, his dialogue that he has his uh, actors say is just like it's genuinely funny at times. Like where I was like, like, oh my, I can't believe because like, you watch comedies and you try to you're like, mm. mm-hmm. this like, I, it's just so funny. Uh, and it's not perfect or anything like that, but I, I enjoy this era of John Waters very much. And then, RJ, mm. I followed mm. up Female Trouble uh, with a little film from the American Genre Film Archive called Bat Pussy. Um, you might have to explain to some people what that is. I know what that is. So Bat but, Pussy uh, uh. is a like 45-minute long pornography and i'm gonna put that in quotations mm-hmm. uh this is like this like weird little obscure film that kind of has managed to escape just going into obsolescence uh from maybe this summertime in the 70s no one knows who really directed this thing no one knows the actors and real names mm-hmm. uh because no one would want to be associated with this um this film though and i watched this with chanel 
Mm-hmm. It it its goal it set out was to become a porn film, a porn film about a couple that are going to have sex, and then a woman dressed as Batgirl or Batwoman or Bat Pussy. They change her name constantly uh, mm. within like two minutes. They're just, they don't know what they're calling anybody. Uh, she shows up because she is uh, the protector of Gotham, which is just like this middle of nowhere Texas suburb. <laughs> and mm. uh, she, she doesn't like the idea that people are making a porno in her town. She's going to break up this crime from happening. So what this consists of mm. is long, long single takes of this 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 man and a woman uh, that go by the name of Buddy and Sam, <laughs> mm-hmm. and they are trying to have sex with one another uh, in front of the camera. Uh, problems are here though is that I, th- I believe that Buddy the the man here is real fucking drunk and just like, mm-hmm. and, he, and, he's, and he was like trying to like sauce himself up so he could do this, um, and he's got a case of whiskey dick. And maybe it's nice. also a mix of like not being able to perform uh, in front of people. Uh, camera on, shy? On, get a little camera shy. And so you, over the course of 45 minutes, there is so much flaccid penis. Um, it uh, is what kind? Fl- flaccid. Uh, okay. W- which is not useful when it comes to making a pornography. Well, it depends um, what you're th- going for. Well, um, there's, so there's a lot of this Sam woman uh, trying to blow this flaccid penis and lots of like repetitive dialogue uh, talking about let me fuck you in the ass and you'll, I'll show you what a dick can do, but it never happened. It never happens. This is a film about failure and just like, it's amazing that this thing exists because realistically you just would never release this. This shouldn't exist uh, Mm -hmm. because it's like, well, that didn't work out, but they kept filming and they kept filming and they kept filming and they kept waiting for the magic to happen. And it never happens. I've never watched Mm. a movie with so much like naked flesh that is just like, so you're watching it and you're completely indifferent to it. Like it's like in no way Mm -hmm. sexy. It is just like watching these like two fairly unattractive people like just grind around on one another and they try to do things talking about, Oh man, baby, let me, let me eat you out. Ooh, girl. And it's just like, she completely Mm. is indifferent to it. This goes on for a really long time. And then you have this, these intercut scenes of bat pussy who, who has her, her pussy tingles and informs her. All right. I think we're done. (laughs) Informs her that crime is happening. She then dresses up, in a Batgirl costume, a very clearly Batgirl costume, she climbs on top of this like bouncy ball and proceeds to bounce on this ball across town. And there's all this footage of this girl in a Bat costume riding, jump, bouncing around on this ball through a park, up and down like what looks like an interstate or a major highway. And it's just her bouncing up and down on this wall. Just like her legs must have been so fucking sore doing this shit for who knows how long. Finally... She arrives. She arrives to bust up this crime, but then this couple just maul her because I think they're like, "Oh, finally!" Like, because oh, she's a foxy lady. Yeah, I'll, I'll, this will definitely turn around this ship. But no, RJ, nope, it's just not going to happen. So you get another like twenty minutes of failed pornography, and it's amazing. I, I, it is is strange and kind of vile and gross as this is. This is like. Uh, a movie that 
uh, is one of a kind experience. You'll never forget watching it, and it is so goddamn hilarious at times because um, it's just unedited. It is just literally watching these people trying to do this, and just the small details and weirdness of it all. Uh, it's something else. It <laughs> one of a kind. <laughs> I, I I would recommend that you and Andy even check it out together, you know, one of these nights, and marvel at that pussy. RJ, is, uh, R, RJ's hands are in are gri- gripping his head, and he's rubbing his face in exhaustion. I just don't know why you do it. <laughs> why do you keep going, keep on? <laughs> just end it, man. It's, it's good. When when does the Criterion come out? Well, I, I, it's unnecessary now. I mean, uh, I think the AGFA, AGFA did a pretty bang up job with this number. Mm. Yeah. Well, that's the end of the podcast oh, for real this time. Come on now. I haven't even talked about the uh, the, the actual hardcore movie I watched. Yeah. <laughs> What is that? Well, before I get to that, uh, I'll, I'll just mention uh, I watched half of that Wild Wild Country. That's mm-hmm. that uh, Netflix like true crime documentary series. Um, I'm, I say I'm halfway through it because it's six episodes, and each episode is just over an hour long, meaning this thing is six, like six and a half hours almost. And I'm like, it's interesting. It's well made in the way that like Netflix documentaries are all kind of the same. They all have like the similar feeling to them all. And they always have these kind of cliffhanger hook at the end where it's like, oh, what's going to happen next? Uh, nowhere near as good as like the making a murderer kind of uh, kind of cliffhangers worked. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm like, it's good, but this could really have been like two hours long, even three three episodes would be like more than enough at six hours. It's just like six episodes. I'm like, well, I guess I'll have to keep watching it, but I'm like in no rush to get back to it either. I don't know. What's your interest in this type of thing? Cause I remember when you were talking about the keepers or the keeper, mm-hmm. the keeper, uh, it had the sort of like the same vibe to me where it's like, it's eight episodes because it needed to be eight episodes. Cause that's what they wanted for it rather than this. This didn't need to be this long. Oh, uh, the nun show. Yeah. Was that called the keeper? Yeah. Okay. Um, you're talking about wild, wild country, right? I'm talking about wild, wild country, which is what I watched. Yeah. So I, I saw, like, I saw this on Netflix too. And I had it in my watch list. I was like, Ooh, that looks cool. I like that cult stuff. Um, I'm trying to think about, cause I talked about the keeper on here, but it's like you said, it's like six episodes or something. The keeper. I don't know. I don't think it's eight. But it would have made a really good three, mm-hmm. and the other three, it's just like you're just running in, like just running in circles, kind of pad in time. Uh, another good example is like think about Paradise Lost. Mm-hmm. The fr- that's three, uh, like three two-hour features. Right. And uh, part one and part three are awesome. Part yeah. two is just kind of like, what if it's this guy? Yeah. What if it was that guy? It, it was what very much. Yeah, it was keeping the story alive. When, yeah. it, when it came out and there was like slight developments and they were kind of continuing it on. I mean, at that point they, no one knew where the story was going to go. Whereas with this wall, wall country, I mean, they're, I mean, they're, they're covering the story that like, it seems like very few people were even aware of, or no one talks about it. And I mean, cult stuff is like right up my alley, particularly in America. And it's like, how did this completely 
go under my radar. And so that's that's fascinating in itself. So watching it, I'm like, huh. And they have lots of footage, which is which is golden. I'm sure that's maybe one of the main reasons they went with this because they have so much footage of mm-hmm. like this uh, crazy event that happened in Oregon, uh, you know, back in the 80s. Um, mm-hmm. And I haven't really got to like the where the it gets real crazy, I guess, and as they mm-hmm. lead you to believe it will be in the first like 15 minutes of the first episode. But it's just like, I don't know, for documentaries, it's like, I remember when, remember when documentaries were just like two hours long, but now it's like, we want them to be really in depth. And sometimes it's like, yeah, sometimes you can leave that stuff out too. But, and then, and then yeah. and there's the follow up to, uh, evil something. And it's, I think, I'm not sure if it's the same directors, but it's another Duplass brothers production or like they're at least somehow involved uh, with bringing the stuff in. Yeah. And like, so like, this is like another one of these Netflix true crime sort of things. And that one's about the, uh, exploding bomb around the neck case, the pizza mm. one, if you remember that at all. I'm not on board with those guys Evil anymore. genius. That's what it is. I'm, but... After, yeah. They, they, they called for a boycott of, uh, who's your dad, uh, too. Who's your daddy too, or whatever that movie is. About uh, with because Mel Gibson was in it, I was like, "Fuck you, Duplass brothers." Duplass. Anyways, uh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. So yeah. I, I popped up. I actually wrote a review of the Keepers. So I was just scanning it, mm-hmm. and it, that's what it seems like. So I talk about how it's really good, but there's a lot of uh, fluff material. Mm-hmm. I guess I was on some sort of fluff kick about how. A lot of it is kind of there. There's like, oh yeah, there there's a bunch of like reenactments, and it's like, well, I guess you can't like show this priest like raping kids because there's no footage of that. But I think the problem was they showed the same stuff over and over again. And it's like this is just repetitive. Like you don't need you don't need any of this stuff in there. Right. And uh, the fluffy parts. Uh, <laughs> so apparently there was like full segments of this where I remember now they just started naming serial killers. It was like Ted Bundy. Uh, John Wayne Gacy, and it's like stuff like that. Is like, could any of these guys have done it? And it's like, <laughs> it's like, what are you talking about? Like, they knew who did it. Like, the whole point of this thing was like, yeah, we're pretty sure it was this guy. I'm pretty sure, but like, they named serial killers. It's like, what what does this have to do with anything? Mm. So it's it's that kind of thing where it's like, could it have been any of these people? It's like, mm. no, I, I don't know. <laughs> Was it Jack the Ripper in 1962, <laughs> California? It's like, I, I doubt it, but mm-hmm. you're, you're the one making the documentary, I guess. Yeah, that's right. So, anyways, anyways. Yeah, that Wild Wild Country sounds good, but if it's fluffy, then what? I, I don't know if it feels fluffy. It just feels like you could uh, have some discretion in, like, make it a leaner, meaner sort of thing, make the same points. Like us. But, yeah, that's right. We're all about lean and mean here. Now we're in. <laughs> Yep. Um. What else? I, oh yeah. So I watched uh I watched Dragon Dynasty flick, the the Protector, starring that Tony Jaa, old Ong Bak himself. Um, yeah. This was a Quentin Tarantino uh, pick for that line. Uh, came out in the two thousands. It's all about Tony Jaa. He's like a ugh, what do you call him? An an elephant protector. He protects elephants. Uh, okay. He raises he raises elephants. For the, cool. for the for the government, I guess, for the cool. the state figures, but those elephants get kidnapped. There's elephant rustlers afoot, so it all it's all about pretext to give Tony Shaw an excuse to beat ass, be, break some dudes. Uh. Yeah, uh, 
ah, this movie uh, it should be better. The action's kind of poorly shot. So the other previous week I'd watched, oh, God, which one was that? Uh, Born to Fight. And that movie was just like a fucking stunt show of men just beating the sh- like just getting hurt hard mm-hmm. for our enjoyment. And that was cool. The movie sucked. Protector, uh, better made movie, but at the end of the day, I was just like, oh, this could have been so much better or it could be like just okay, but instead, mm-hmm. I don't know. There's uh, pro wrestler Nathan Jones shows up. He's like whatever, six foot 11 and jacked up the gills. So you get to see him you know, beating up people. Uh, but of course it's like, well, just kick him in the legs. And sure enough, he starts getting kicked in the legs. And it's like, yeah, those big strong guys, they have no moves. They can't do shit against you. Just fucking kick him in the leg. So that was nice to see that little bit of realism on uh, on top of all the kicking and flipping and flying around. There's the, Mm -hmm. the little elephant kind of charges around. And then at one point, a couple of these gigantic jacked up men from like something out of fist of the North star, like take the elephant and hurl it through a glass window. Um, um I'm not a exactly, real elephant? I don't know what they did exactly. Like, cause I mean, I'm sure the elephant would be perfectly fine as it's like huge still, but it's just like, what the fuck was that? Mm. <laughs> so <laughs> that this was, doesn't sound like my kind of deal. Oh, it's, it's one scene, and it's kind of more just preposterous that this this gigantic, muscly man hur- mm-hmm. hurls this, like, giant baby elephant uh, through some glass. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, there's a lot of elephant action, um, but not as not near enough as I was hoping, maybe. Maybe I was tapping into my desire to watch some Dumbo, some live-action Dumbo with, watch, with, uh, with, with amputee Colin Farrell. You should watch uh, Operation Dumbo Drop. No. Uh, why not? <laughs> uh, no. Mm. What about the one with uh, Bill Murray, uh, Larger Than Life? Yeah, that one's I. Yeah, I bet you know that. That one's I. Yeah, that was a Sunday at my grandma pick, pal. Yeah, I know. Buddy. Um, so, I'll leave off here, so we're not talking here forever. Mm-hmm. I watched a hardcore pornography Good uh, lord, man! It's it's on Letterbox. Usually they have like a bad pussy's not even on Letterbox. I had to like demarcate it through like a uh, one of those fifties hygiene films that is on there, and it's a special feature on Bad Pussy about do's and don'ts of dating. Uh, but Corruption from Vinegar Syndrome made it on there. So this is a film uh, directed by Roger Watkins. Uh, his mm-hmm. claim to fame is this film called Last House on Dead End Street, which is this real strange art house horror slasher thing that's like still kind of not available oh. on. Uh, is that on the video nasties? Uh maybe. I don't know. It's it's a it's an oddity. There's like clear mm-hmm. clear face masks and like intense personalities killing people maybe in like warehouses and stuff like that it's mm-hmm. a movie that uh, vinegar syndrome has been working on trying to get like a like high def re- restoration of it done and it's not happened yet so the reason i got this corruption was because uh as an easter egg on there they actually put a uh, a work print version that they did have on as a special feature and so I was like, well, until that special version comes out, I might as well grab this one before it disappears. Uh, this one has still not disappeared because it's funny enough, uh, a lot of people don't like to buy pornography. Um, they, they oh, don't, really? Yeah they, yeah, they don't buy Blu-rays of their porn. Um, so mm. I've had this movie for a couple, kicking around for a couple of years. It has this, like, 
Elliot Gould looking guy on the cover. And I've always looked at this and been like, man, I got to be in the right mood to watch this. Like, cause like, what am I going to do? I'm going to watch a fucking porn. Uh, mm-hmm. just like, I'm going to sit down and go, oh, let's see what this is all about. But right now, RJ, I'm in the mindset to do exactly that and sit back and watch these movies for their aesthetic qualities. <laughs> um, it, it's, it's a light choice. I, I just, I, I'm looking at this guy's movies posters and one is called her name is Lisa. And the, the tagline on the mo- movie poster is full erection. 100%. I will note that I have that coming my you way fucking on. Guy. It just came out on Blu-ray like a month ago. Also, this one doesn't make any sense. The last house on dead end street, the poster says it's only a movie, but then the tagline on letterboxd is you bet your ass. This is for real. <laughs> Well, which one is it? I don't know. Okay, I, tell me about your dirty porn. Okay, whatever. So this movie starts out. It's like a it's like a Wall Street type deal. Uh, guy, he's kind of like talking about all these business deals he's made. Like this, so this movie's like shot on film. Like it looks great. Uh, in fact, most of the reviews you'll note mention like how beautiful it looks, and it's like yeah, mm-hmm. like watching it. So you're just like, okay, what is this thing? And then it kind of does like a, a like a weird flashback that you don't you kind of half realize it's a flashback because like the guy who's doing this stuff is like looks like a younger version of the main dude. Anyways, this guy goes into a warehouse, and I'm fuck you not. This is like feels like something out of Twin Peaks: The Return, uh, and it's like I wonder. I'm like, hmm. David Lynch, I wonder if he was a fan of uh, hardcore pornography like this of back course. in the back. Because he was like, he, I mean, he was he could have been aware of this film at the time. Because there's this scene, so this guy walks into this warehouse. And it's completely like blank, empty warehouse. And there's this woman behind the desk. And her name, I think, is like Woman Behind the Desk. She's played by Samantha Fox, a fairly popular adult star from the time. And she's just oh. like, she's just this woman. And her delivery of the lines and the way she talks and this kind of like straight, like the kind of almost shitty dialogue is delivered the way that like, David Lynch dialogue is written and delivered. And mm. like, there's times where she literally looks at the camera because <laughs> they're not professional actors. They're just like, Oh, what's going on? What's the next thing? Um, but like, it's like, there's, it's about a man in a suit asking, where do I go? If you have to go into the room, it's very evasive dialogue. It's all very like, it's going for metaphorical. And I'm like, huh, interesting. And it's shot really well in the sense that it's like kind of underlit, but in the right way. So, sure. this, so this guy goes into a room and it's this bright blue room and there's this woman wearing blue lingerie and she's kind of like standing around waiting for this man to enter the room. She then kind of reclines onto this like chair and she just starts talking uh, about what this guy has to do to proceed. And of course, there's also talk about him taking a whiff of her cunt and talks about, yeah, don't you want to taste my cunt? No, you sit right there. And then we get some long shots of her vagina as she plays with herself. And then she stops and Uh, tells him to proceed. I I, I don't really remember that scene in in, Twin Peaks, The Return. Well, because when Bobby is just like, don't you want to smell my pubes? And then it's just long shots of his pupus. Yeah, well, maybe because Dave, Dave's not a real artist, maybe, after all. Oh, so, is that what it so, is? So then Guy goes to the next room, and it's a bright red room. And now he's, his, uh-huh. his, and now his clothes are gone. And there's another woman who's, like, doing this whole process. It's like a, I guess, the, this idea that he's making this Faustian deal to, like, for mm-hmm. success. Mm-hmm. And then there's some more what have you. And then he goes into this dark black room. And all through this is this, like, incredible Angelo Bandolamente style, like, kind of synth score. Um, it's really, like, 
interesting. It's way more interesting than I was expecting. Um, and then the movie kind of goes back into the present. We get some nice full-on balls slapping against ass action. A real Good nice God. gazing shot of an asshole as this woman jumps, bounces up and down on this guy's cock. Um, Enough. <laughs> Enough already. Hey, hey, this is my time. You Nobody talk, you, wants You can this. talk about Top Gun. I can talk about corruption. Uh, and then you find out he's got a brother. And his brother is running some sort of weird shit out of a warehouse. And, like, you peep into this hole and you get, like, windows into, like, this, like, off-cut shots of, like, other pornography of, like, people just, like, fucking in showers and stuff like that. It is it is a it's a strange film. But it's, like, watching it, it's not sexy. So I'm not even sure, like does this qualify as like pornography? Cause it's not titillating. It's just like this thing with people having sex and I don't know, man. What do you think RJ with, with, uh, hidden, with, with hidden hands? What are we doing? I'm bringing the creep to the podcast. Okay. What are we doing here, man? In this life, <laughs> why do we waste our time? We could be out on the streets doing something that matters. Playing D and D. Good God! Are you gonna watch more porn next week? Uh yeah, maybe. I might just do that. Actually, I got some recommendations from uh, a purveyor of sleaze, uh, Rob Bouget, who does the uh, uh, Cinema Sewer Zine. I, I messaged him up because he's been watching this stuff for ages, and I said, "Hey, mm-hmm. you got any recommendations for Vinegar Syndrome's adult stuff?" And he went, "You betcha!" And he gave me some recommendations, so I'm going to be checking those out, and I'll tell you all about it in the future. RJ, how's that sound? Oh boy! <laughs> oh boy! Hey, Jared, what? Uh, you got any news? <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't. Hmm. Nothing happened this week. Nothing happened. Mm-hmm. Well then. <laughs> <laughs> what? What are you laughing at now? I'm just taking a skim to see if there's any any great news here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Movies. You know, uh, Nova Vaporware was announced. Not this week. Hmm. Well then. You want to go to Walmart, buy some DC 100-page comics? Um, No, comics are for nerds. Damn right they are. Mm-hmm. All right, then. We got more movies to talk about. Yeah, we do. <laughs> uh, after the break, RJ and I are going to go to the cottage. Who?
to a delightful weekend in the country. You are cordially invited to spend a carefree weekend in the English countryside. Bask in the warm sunshine. We've gone on holiday by mistake. Enjoy the rustic pleasure of country living. It'll be so cold in here. Like Greenland in here. Wants to get down there and have sex with those cows. Partake of fine varietal wine. Oh, drunk. I assure you I'm not, officer. I've only had a few ales. Take lunch at a charming pub. We want the finest wines available to humanity. We want them here, and we want them now. Fraternize with cheery locals. I don't care where you come from. Ponce! Experience culinary pleasure. I can make it die. There is, you will agree, certain je ne sais quoi about a firm young carrot. Fish in the region's streams. Don't threaten me with a dead fish. Withnil and I, a trip worth taking. What absolute twaddle. And we're back. This is the Criterion Creeps podcast. And tonight, we're talking about two movies. Oh, brought to you by the Criterion Collection. Uh, what? Bru- <laughs> yeah, I know. Weird, eh? Come on. Bruce Robinson, director of uh, these two films. The first one here, With Nail and I, from 1986, according to Criterion, but uh, everywhere else seems to say it's 1987, uh, which is when it was released in the U.S. And mm. I, I, So I don't know where that number comes from, but I thought I'd mention that. Uh, the, the tagline for With Nail and I uh, is, if you don't remember the 60s, don't worry, neither can they. Uh, Funny. Synopsis of this film. Two out-of-work actors, the anxious, luckless Marwood and Asibric, Asibric? Uh Excuse me? Uh, alcoholic friend with nail. Could you repeat? Acerbic. Okay. With Continue. nail. Spend their days drifting between their squalid flat, the unemployment office, and the pub. When they take a holiday by mistake at the country house of Withnail's flamboyantly gay uncle, Monty, they encounter the unpleasant side of the English countryside, tedium, terrifying locals, and torrential rain. Uh, so with Neil and I, this is a movie that came to my attention back in the late 90s because it seems like a lot of uh, British comic writers talked this movie up quite a bit in the day. Like when they'd have their like their favorite movies mentioned or whatever, uh, be it like Grant Morrison, Warren Ellis, uh, Garth Ennis, with Neil and I was a movie that often would come up. Uh, this movie is kind of a cult classic cult favorite comedy for mm-hmm. a lot of Britons and it's kind of crossed over from there to a lot of people in North America uh, who like watch this movie and uh, they like to quote with nail uh, which is something that like the type of people who really get into with nail it's kind of like people who really get into Kevin Smith movies and quote mm-hmm. uh, Jay and uh, Silent Bob and Bro- Brody and like things mm-hmm. like I need strong drink, things like that. It's real. Ugh. So watching with Neil and I for the first time in a while, that was like something I was like, Oh boy, those, those lines, like it's like, there's about three of them in this that like, are just like, Oh, they remind me of people who really like get into Britishness. Um, mm-hmm. But like, in this really superficial way. So that all being said, uh, with Neil and I is one of those movies that I like elements of this movie. 
there's mm-hmm. like passages of this movie that I think that are pretty good. Uh, then there's like all the stuff that's just like there that you just kind of like forget about. And you're really like, oh, this movie's kind of made up in three parts. There's kind of like the mm-hmm. them in England, them in the cottage, and then them back in England again. And the, mm-hmm. that the, the second time they're back, when they're back in England, it's kind of like this coda to the whole movie that's like a little long, but it's also the wrap up to the whole movie. Um, the, the movie is like fairly listless in the way that like a lot of comedies kind of are and maybe should be. They they don't need a super tight structure, but it's kind of even weird thinking about this movie sometimes as a comedy. Uh, I was watching this with Chanel and she was like, kind of like thinking this movie was like not like, it was like a drama with humor in it. And I'm like, no, there's people who like, like this is like completely thought of as a comedy, but it's, is, is that the same people who think Salo is a comedy mm, or a happiness? Maybe happiness, not Salo. Salo is a different type of beast altogether. Okay. Um, yeah. You, you derailed me. So, you were talking about uh, this being a comedy, and uh, Chanel's like, "No, this is a drama." With well, well, she, well until until like I find that it picks up in the comedy realm once they get out to the cottage, because it's just mm-hmm. like it's just it's a movie about like city folk going out to the country and not knowing what to do, and it's mm-hmm. really wet, and they have no food, and they don't know how to do anything. It's that sort of stuff that like isn't special specific to like this particular this particular movie. It's like oh, this is kind of broad stuff, but it's just like these types of characters and. The, the entire like grayness of this movie is like something else um, where it's just like, man, this is like the most miserable country that's ever existed in all of the world um, at this very time. It's kind of an achievement of cinematography, just like how dreary and saturated this movie is simultaneously. It's a little moist. It's a little, mo- it's a little moist. It's a little moist. Um, but yeah, there's definitely like watching this again. I was really aware of like kind of, the influence this has had on like different shows. Like, I don't know if you ever watched the mighty boosh. Um, no, I know the mighty yeah. boosh. And like in peep show, I don't know if you ever got, I into... know the peep show. Yeah. So like, there's like these things where, uh, it's, intri- I mean, again, we've had this conversation before with these criterion mm. movies, with comedies, it's always kind of a strange thing going back to like this movie. Cause when this movie got put out on DVD by criterion, I mean, we're coming up on 20 years ago now, um, it was probably 2000, 2001, yeah, maybe even later now at that point, but like early two thousands, we're getting close to 20 years when this came out. So the taste of people putting this out were far, like it's only, you know, 15 years removed from this. And now we are 30 years removed from when this movie came out and just like the, how jokes and like what people find funny and how comedy is executed has changed so much. And like, this is kind of coming post Python. Uh, and this is like a completely different style of comedy and like comparing this to like that, the office style of comedy and American sitcom and stuff like that, which I think is like mm-hmm. really permeates everything right now. Um, yeah. Where you have like, I don't know, a lot of shows feel very similar and have for like, I don't know, 10 years, uh, with Neil and I feels like almost from a different era and not, mm-hmm. in, not really, maybe not in a bad way, but it just is, uh, it feels different the way that it sets up. And even like as a movie, it feels different from a comedy that was coming out from this era, which is kind of the different problem from the next movie we'll be talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, a couple notes. So yeah, Bruce Robinson, uh, he's only directed really these four movies, uh, two of which we watched. Uh, there's the Jennifer eight film, uh, starring Andy Garcia. It's kind of like a seven 
movie. Uh, yep. it's, it's one of those like '90s like serial killer type deals that no one ever talked about. And then he kind mm-hmm. of went into uh, hiding, didn't direct anything for a while until he directed that Rum Diary movie, the Hunter S. Thompson with Johnny Depp follow-up long mm-hmm. after the fact. So th- at this point in time, these were like kind of his, I guess, iconic movies that he did with um, our boy here. Richard Grant? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, handmade Films, George Harrison. We've met this Handmade Films a few times now. Yes. This is another one along the line. We even get some uh, George Harrison drops uh, mm-hmm. in the movie. Uh, some delicious or nasty fried eggs. <laughs> uh, uh, can I just comment? Yeah. What kind of fucking animal puts like two liters of oil in a pot and just cracks eggs into it? Fried eggs. Ooh. Yeah, but you don't need that much oil. Just put like a like a drop down. That's all you need on a pan. Or do you, what do you want to live forever? No, but how do you eat that thing? It's just like it's covered in oil. That dude slaps it down on two pieces of bread, <laughs> and that big lady just glops it down. And that that hot shot of uh, yellow out the back. Fuck. Mm-hmm. Her, the lady eating it didn't bother me as much as just seeing like eight eggs oh. in like a, a huge pot of oil just bubbling. I was like, ugh. I, I mean, I, I'm no expert on uh, Britain. Or, uh, I'd have uh-huh. to speak to my friend Amanda, uh, who also does the theme song for our podcast. There you go. Uh, who did live there. I'm sure she would could speak to the accuracy of the amount of oil used there. I'm sure mm-hmm. it's practice and it's disgusting. Um, there's coffee soup. Yes, there is. Um, there's talks of ponces, perfumed ponces. Uh, mm-hmm. The fucking of arses. Um, mm-hmm. There's like vibes of American Psycho as people look longingly into mirrors and shave and monologue. Um, <laughs> there's Uncle Monty. Uh, and actually there's like a few uh, mm-hmm. mem- uh, Harry Potter alumni in this film. Uh, yeah, there's Uncle Vern. Yeah. Uncle Vernon. <laughs> and uh, is that it? Is Richard E. Grant's not in Harry Potter? I don't know. I don't think so. Oh, I feel like he must have. Like, I mean, that'd be a huge oversight. As who, fucking Professor McGonagall? I don't think so. I don't know. I, I don't know these Harry Potter movies that well. I just kind Let of, me check. In my, in, I, in my I mind, in my mind, I feel like Richard E. Grant was in one of those at least at some point. Uh, he's in Bram Stoker's Dracula. Okay. He is in no Harry Potters, and you are a chump. But he's in The Little Vampire, which is a movie that seems to come up <laughs> Every fucking week on this podcast. <laughs> Somehow. Somehow. Um, yeah. yeah. Talk of unadulterated child piss. Uh, note here is huh? cold and dreary. Uh, hunchback eel man poacher. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, talk of burglary. Uh-huh. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah, I mean. This isn't my favorite comedy by any means. It's not a movie I set out to watch like all that frequently, but uh, there's like basically everything involving Uncle Monty, I think is just fantastic. Um, some might I figured. I, I kind of like wonder how uh, this will age for some people, especially in mm-hmm. the hashtag me too, hashtag times up era, making light mm-hmm. of rape <laughs> attempted. And like. Uh, like sexual preferences, I think, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
anyways, keep going. Um, a rape you were talking uh, about. Uh, yeah, there's some some talk. I mean, there's like suggestion. That it's like, ooh, regardless of what you're going to do right now, this is what's going to happen one way or another. Uh, <laughs> fuck. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Every time, like, there's like the staging of it all is like super funny, but maybe it's not so woke but i mean that's comedy for you uh for mm-hmm. a long long chunk of time uh but rj as i've been talking about the for the last few months I, i'm really looking forward to what you thought about with nail and i why is that um why were you so excited for me to watch this movie because i had i really don't know how you'll feel about this movie that's that's why i was like i was like so so yeah that's what i want to know okay so i think immediately within the first like two minutes not even first minute i was like oh okay i know why jared wants me to watch this or not wants me was excited for me to watch this it's dirty greasy fucking like garbage people doing garbage (laughs) things uh which is something we have talked about several times i think the Strongest comparison so far for us on the podcast would probably be Sid and Nancy, mm-hmm. which I infamously thought was a complete piece of shit movie. Not complete, but that movie sucks. Anyone who says it doesn't suck is lying uh, because those are garbage people. And I, I found them both really annoying. And I was like, I don't feel bad for them at all. I think they deserve what they get. So I can see why you wanted me to watch this with nail and I. Uh, and this movie is really gross. Uh, so I'm going to break it down to you like this, Jared. I'm not going to hold you in anticipation any longer. Mm-hmm. I thought this movie was okay. Yeah. Uh, I thought uh, there were some actually really good parts of this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were some things that I was surprised. I was like, oh, that's cool. Uh, and But ultimately, and I think you're kind of leaning the same way too, I was like, oh, this movie kind of falls flat a little bit for me. It doesn't really, it didn't really get me there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I was like, there, there's a lot of, uh, I was like, there's parts I actually like. There's some cool things in here, but it doesn't really get me anywhere that I want to be. And I understand why it's in the Criterion. For some reason, Criterion loves these like dirty hobo movies with like dudes like eating hot dogs out of toilets. It's, and it's like the, the, the bohemian lifestyle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Whatever. So like that, and especially like Britain, uh, like British movies where it's like, oh, look, we're in Sussex eating a hot dog out of a toilet. Rotten out teeth and unbathed. That's a very criterion thing. (laughs) So, uh, uh, so the, okay. So I watched this movie. I was like, oh, there are some parts I I actually kind of liked. I got some notes down, but when I finished, I was like, eh, it's, it's okay. I didn't hate it. I didn't hate how dirty this movie was. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, so I was posting some pictures on the Instagram. And while I was assembling pictures, and this is kind of like with the other movie too, uh, I think this movie is way better for uh, just producing like s- screenshots and stills mm-hmm. from the movie than I think the actual movie itself. Uh, like there was a lot of images. I was like, oh man, that's great. But then the rest of the movie is played around that image. And I was like, eh. I don't care for that as much. Like when the dude's eating the hot dog in the bathtub and the other guy's like flushing fries down the toilet. I was like, oh, that's I was like, I like that. That's a nice little image. But like the rest of the movie was just kind of there. So I was like, eh. or like the oil eggs, you know, that part was gross. <laughs> uh, so things I like about this movie, um, 
I didn't find these guys as annoying as like say Sid and Nancy. Right. Uh, like for them too. I don't know what it was. I was just like, I don't, I don't like, like these characters at all in any way. And like, these guys are like dirty, homeless, like alcoholics too. But at the same time, as we mentioned a lot, I'm kind of a dirty alcoholic. So I was like, I kind of relate to these guys a little bit. No, I'm not as gross. I'm not lathering myself up and like (laughs) sitting next to space heaters or anything like that, but I'm close. Uh, so I, I kind of liked how these guys went about things. It's everything was kind of like distracted ramblings, right? Yeah. Like when you were talking about the uh, the arsehole thing. Like he goes in the bathroom, he's like, "What's a pont?" He's like, "That guy called me a pont. What's a pont?" But then he's like looking at the urinal, and it's like, "I fuck arseholes." And he's like, "Who fucks arseholes?" Like he's he's like distracted, and he's like kind of so like you know there there's stuff like that. I was like, oh, I kind of like that humor where it's like it's very distracted where they're like talking about stuff and there's like, Oh, what's that? Huh? And it's like people not paying attention to each other. There was one thing I thought was really funny where they're, uh, they're like having a drink and the one guy is kind of like going off and talking and the other guy isn't really paying attention. And he turns to him and he's just like, what the fuck are you talking about? And it's just very plain and it's not angry or anything. He's like, what are you talking about, dude? And I feel like that's a really good, kind of way to sum up people like this and or even just you know dudes hanging out having a beer sometimes a guy goes off on a tangent you're just like what the fuck are you talking about well i mean yeah i mean like and with with nail you have like this man who's just like constantly whining Mm -hmm. and they're just like not interested at all in what the the other one's saying um and then it's like hey oh i should help your family for more money and stuff like that it's just like these people really exist these these like kind of failed artist types because they're all they're both aspiring actors who are like in their late yeah. 20s and like oh my god we're living in utter squalor trying to make it in england like one of the most expensive places on earth to live and we're like living yeah. like this and oh god what about our art and our craft why don't we get callbacks and stuff like that it's all the that sort of underpinning but it's like this movie is kind of just like uses that to launch the, to the launch, situation yeah. In itself yeah exactly so there's like there's stuff like that I kind of like. And there are just like a few like dialogue snippets that are I think are funny. Uh, kind of like the scene where they get first introduced to the uncle. And he's like, oh, have a seat, you guys. Uh, you want a drink? And then he's talking. He's like, oh, do you guys like vegetables? <laughs> and like I thought that was really funny for some talking reason. Talking about firm carrots. Firm carrots. Well, he's like, uh, I find the carrot infinitely uh, infinitely more interesting okay. than like th- than like a different kind of vegetable. Oh, and I, I think it was cauliflower. <laughs> yeah, then cauliflower. And like I get it's like a sexual innuendo, but I thought on its own, I was like, I think this is just really funny vegetable talk. Because the guy's like, do you guys like vegetables? It's like this weird conversation that comes out of nowhere. So there's stuff like that that's cool. Uh, the other thing I actually really liked in this was the appearance of uh, what's his name from Wayne's World 2? Oh, uh, yeah. Um, Danny. Dan- uh, Danny from Wayne's World 2? Yeah. Or is that in this movie? Well, Danny's his name in this movie. Uh, I looked it up Dre or something like that because he's like kind of doing the Alice Cooper, Aussie kind of gimmick in mm-hmm. uh, Wayne's World 2. Uh, so in Wayne's World 2, his name is Del Preston. That's right. 
and I had no idea that this character existed outside of Wayne's World 2. Yeah. And it is the same character. Yeah. 100%. Uh, and I saw this guy in here, and he was doing stuff like Trailer Park Boys-esque, where he's rolling uh, like a 12-paper joint. Mm-hmm. And uh, see, that's the thing. Like, I really like Trailer Park Boys, and that's like a super greasy, dirty show. But I can relate to it somehow. So I guess that's the, the line for me for yeah, like dirty, grungy stuff. Well, I guess like the thing though is like with Trailer Park Boys, they're ultimately kind of nice guys. They're just scumbags, yeah. nice scumbags. Yeah. So like Sid and Nancy, I didn't feel good or I didn't like it all because they were punks and they were just shitty people. Punk music sucks. And uh, they were like shitty people. They're like, oh, feel bad for me. Where these guys are just like having fun with their drunkenness mm-hmm. like the scene where they go into that like tea shop and they're like we're <laughs> buying this tea shop like i know guys millionaires. Who yeah we're millionaires and the guy's like just eating buns he's like he's like don't you kick me out i dare you bring us so, cake yeah so they're they're like lovable dirtbags i guess but mm-hmm. yeah del preston in this uh i was I was just amazed to see him, and, and his, I thought that was really his funny. His intense gaze when he takes off those sunglasses, it's, like, pretty terrifying. <laughs> oh, yeah, he's terrifying, but uh, he's so cool. I really like him. Uh, there's a few other things, though. So the dirtiness, there were a few times where I was just like, Ugh. I was like, this is getting a little much for me. Like, the dude who's pulling all the eels out of his pants and just fucking <laughs> smashing their heads on the bar. I was like, oof. I was like, that one's a little much. Uh, and then, like... When they pluck that chicken and he tries to punch <laughs> it into the teapot, I was just like, oh, my God. Oh, so funny. Uh, so that one was – that one took – that one even got me back a little bit. I was like, holy shit. Uh, so there there were dirty things where I was just like, this is dirty for it's me. So it's, just, it's so fucking badly done. It's, it's it, not even yeah, – it's got its legs on, oh, its feet. It's not really unplugged. The, and he tries to punch it in a teapot. He's like, we'll boil it. It's no problem. <laughs> and uh, the dry roast, standing it in the fuck it's, uh. But uh, so there's stuff like that. I was like, that's a little dirty for me. There's some but, pretty good – in that pan though, like when they're like they, – it's like because you know like you kind of know the payoff where it's going where it's like you mm-hmm. know the chicken's going to be alive. They're like, what are we supposed to do with that? <laughs> it's like, yep. They're like, oh. Yeah, they're like, oh. Uh, so there's that stuff that was a little too dirty. But then there was stuff, again, like I related to, like where they wear paper bags for shoes. They're like, oh, fuck, we didn't bring any boots out here. They were plastic, better, I think. Or, yeah, pa- uh, pla- where it's like, let's wrap this plastic with some twine. Like, that's some farmer stuff. Later, you see that farmer driving the tractor, mm-hmm. and he's got a, like a garbage bag on his leg, and it's got a piece of twine on it. <laughs> I see shit like that every day. Uh, I think the funniest bit is like with Neil constantly is asking like the farm, "Are you a, are you a farmer?" And Paul McGuinness is like, "Of course he's a fucking farmer." <laughs> it's like, yeah, I don't know, because it, it's just uh, the the inanity of some of the dialogue and like the build up of it. It's just like it's good. There's like there's some good intensity to like the performances and the like, good good character work like that. It's really yeah. wonderful. There's some good stuff, but yeah. uh, I also I didn't much care for the city slicker aspect. Like when they encounter that Hereford bull, I was like, I know I'm in a minority maybe <laughs> who watch this movie who's like, yeah, I work with like large animal cattle every day. But and what they were doing, I was like, oh, that's pretty silly. But at the same time, it's like I get it. I guess that's what city slickers was about too, kind of. Mm-hmm. But I thought that scene was kind of goofy. So that lost me. And that's what I mean. There, there's a lot of scenes where I was like, eh, I don't care as much about this movie right now with what's going on. There was a lot of really, really great stills, a lot of good screenshots where I was like, ooh, man, that looks good. And uh, I was surprised that uh, 
I was surprised that I actually thought there were scenes that were pretty funny and there were dirtiness that reminded me of trailer park boys in my own life that I was like, Ooh, that's nice. I relate to that. There was some stuff that was too dirty and there were scenes that I was like, eh, you really lost me on here. You're kind of just going off. So I think with nail and I is, is, is okay. Like, uh, I liked it, but I probably, I'll, I'll think about it just because of those, uh, those visuals, like the dude with the hot dog and the bathtub, like uh, sniffing that wiener dog. Yeah. Like all that kind of stuff. So there, I think, I think it was pretty good. I actually liked it, but, uh, it's not, it's not a surefire banger for me or anything like that. Yeah. It's kind of tough. I mean, as you get further and away, I think from like the point, the sell by date of a comedy and you don't, you're not there for it in that window of time when you have to watch it for it to really work, especially watching things at like at a formative young age. I think when you're like trying to find out what is funny or what you find funny, if once you get past that, it's pretty tough. I mean, like I don't even like watching new comedy stuff. It is brutal. <laughs> um, yeah. You're an old man too. Yeah. But, uh, and but I, I, I do know what you mean. There, yeah. there's some times I'm watching new shows with Andy and there's comedy and it's just like, Ooh, yeah. like, you know, I know your favorite term cringeworthy, mm-hmm. but you're like watching it. And you're just like, Ugh. it's like, who thought that was a fucking yeah. good idea? But like, I feel like if I went back and watched like some early season Curb Your Enthusiasm, that stuff would still make me laugh like pretty good. Cause I yeah. don't, a lot of it, I don't remember, but then mm-hmm. watching like some of the new Curb Your Enthusiasm, it's like, yeah, this isn't as good as it used, <laughs> as it used to be. Uh, but I mean like Christ, like watching like, uh, old, it's always sunny in Philadelphia. That stuff's uh, mm-hmm. pretty good. And I, I'm telling you, you got to watch people show I, I think that whole i think i'm pretty sure it holds up pretty well you know what actually you aren't the first person to say that to me uh a friend i uh i had when we were doing um when i was doing my master she was doing her phd and she brought a peep show a lot she's like i think you would really like peep show she's like that's kind of the humor that you're you're working on here well, and its template is like really with nail and eye ish. Like there's like, yeah. like the Danny character is a guy named super hands in a uh, peep show. Nice. And like, yeah, like the Mark and uh, uh, Jeremy dynamic is like, it's not, he, they're no, it's nowhere near as filthy as with nail mm-hmm. and I, it's just like guys living in England and trying to make by and it's just their sitcom life, but done in this first person way. And it's very well written, very good show. You should watch yeah. it. Damn it! Yeah, what, I might check it out. What, but we haven't talked. You haven't talked about Uncle Monty. What were your thoughts on the? Uh, the, the... I liked Uncle Monty. I thought, like I said, I thought he was really fun when he was just talking about vegetables. Uh, I also liked when he gets kind of like he tries to get pretty. He's like wearing blush, mm-hmm. even though he's like a rapist at that time. Like he's, he's like, I know you're saying it's, no. It's the small thing. So he's been misled. That's the that's yeah. the thing, right? It's like he his reading of the situation. He's he's kind of like uh been yeah. With Nell's been fucked, like been screwing over his friend and his uncle to get his way because he's a bad person, and mm-hmm. he's been like telling, oh yeah, no, he's just oh, he's in denial and stuff like that. But no, he he really would like to do this, and so Monty's like, hmm, there's an opportunity that presents himself. So he's he's putting on all the moves. He's doing all the right things. He help, helping mm-hmm. him look for the rosemary, cornering him against the table. Mm-hmm. So so good. Yeah. <laughs> and no, uh, I like yeah. And then the late night thing when with Nell's so drunk and he passes out, and just like mm-hmm. the whole staging of like the seduction of uh, I don't know it it shouldn't work, and I'm sure if it was like an American version with different actors, it would be like real bad. But I don't know. There's something about the performances and the genuineness and like the warmth and like physical aspect of Uncle Monty, and just like he, when he bursts through that door. 
like when because there's like this scene where like Paul's trying to get to sleep and he's like putting all this stuff away and the door you, you're waiting for that door to open because you yeah. know he's going to appear and, and the door just opens and he just enters you're like oh fuck and he's like having to put all these lines and then he's like well I guess I'll take the couch it wouldn't be the first time I've had to do that and then he's like you're like aw and then he goes to bed and like there's no build up the door just bursts open bursts like open. Dr- like violently and it's like mm-hmm. and it's boy boy i know you're not asleep boy mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just like that's amazing it's like it's like wow like it's pretty good yeah it's pretty good and yeah i mean to have you even if it is by burglary i mean that that there, it's an isolated clip from youtube because that is like it's so fucking funny because it's so dark and mm-hmm. intense you're like oh fuck this this man it's like he's gonna get raped by this fucking uncle and it's like but he talks his way out of it he deflates yeah, the situation. Yeah, he talks his way out yeah. of it, all right. And then you get the whole wrap up and of the movie. You get the like I don't know the Jimi Hendrix car chase scene uh, is like a little, yeah. little like oh man, so cool. And it's like no, it's not really that cool. Though I do laugh at like this fucking ridiculous idea of like the the unadulterated uh, child piss to like urinate to pass your drunk thing, and mm-hmm. it just goes. He just winds up spilling piss all over the place. That's yep. p- piss is funny, like shit. You heard it here first, folks. Yeah. Piss is funny. Yeah. And then, and then the yeah. movie ends with a soliloquy in the rain in the park, Hyde Park or uh, some shit. I like that. That uh, it was sad to me mm-hmm. when uh, not when he was like uh, Shakespearean, but when he was just crying in the rain drinking. I was like, we all been there, man. But yeah, I like Uncle Uncle Monty, R.I.P. Uncle Dur- Dursley, mm-hmm. Vernon, Uncle Vern. Yeah, uh, that dude died. Yeah, he was huge. Yeah, but he was a that's, cool dude. That's the life of the fat man. Yeah, it's a short life, but it's a well-lived one. That's right. All right. Uh, well, we'll get into who hates this after we talk about our next movie, which is How to Get Ahead in Advertising from 1988. Mm-hmm. How are we getting on with the pimple creep? Just a fine tune. I'll be through over the weekend. How to Get Ahead in Advertising. My name's Barbara Simmons, and I'm a biochemist. But at night, I'm a woman. Rule number one, be creative in every situation. I recommend a new product because I make it. What do you want? Never lose your perspective. Compared to this, dandruff was a birthday present. So is breath. You're raising your voice, darling. Don't bring home your work. You're under tremendous stress. I know exactly what I'm doing now. Get his Valium. Follow these simple rules. You're so run down, you've got to boil yourself. And you will get ahead. Are you handsome? Dennis thinks he's got a talking boil. What? I looked into the bathroom mirror and it's burnt in it. Just look at it in the mirror. Tell me what you see. It's kind of moustache. Who are you? What do you want? I am your better half. He's overworked and nearly had a breakdown. He's much better now. Oh, you're going to have a monster on top of you. Ah, stay away from me! Monster! I think your husband's completely bananas. I personally would be up all night with a revolver. I'm going to sell on the idea that boils are beautiful. Wonderful. Wonderful. To boils, acne and blackheads. How to get ahead in advertising. The career where two heads are better than one. Shut up. (laughs) 
So, uh, How to Get Ahead in Advertising from 1988, Bruce Robinson. Uh, this is his follow-up movie to that with Neil and I. Uh, the tagline for this film, The Career Where Two Heads Are Better Than One. And the synopsis from Letterboxd, Pressure from his boss and his skin cream client produces a talking boil on a British ad man's neck. Um, so I have never seen this movie before. It's always mm-hmm. just been on my radar. You know, being a, a fan of that with Neil and I, uh, this is always that movie. It's like, oh, one day I'll have to watch that. But, you know, that $30 US price tag on that Criterion on this mm-hmm. blind buy of a movie that no one really talks about too much. Uh, it's, it's like kind of like, nah, it's always been kind of pushed down on the uh, um, uh, immediacy of wanting to watch Get this movie. You know, yeah. but okay. So what I'll say about this movie is, so this is the Richard E. Grant, the world knows at this point, the slick mm-hmm. back kind of conniving British man. Uh, when you think, I don't know, whenever I think of Richard E. Grant, I think of more of this model of mm-hmm. character rather than Withnell, where he's like kind of like out of sorts and like slovenly dressed as like this, yeah, like the bohemian uh, flaneur, man about the park town, being this great artist type of thing. This is like him, the suit. It, this is like the 80s archetype of the ad man who's trying to get ahead. And, uh, you know, it's, it's mad men before mad men. <laughs> so... RJ, I don't like this movie. Um, this mm-hmm. movie uh, is actually kind of bad. Uh, where mm-hmm. I think where, where I think it goes real wrong is that this feels like a movie made for the American audience. Like it's it's taken in this like commercial '80s American comedy vibe, and it's trying to like do it with a Brit- with a British movie. And I think part of it was like, so A Fish Called Wanda, I can't remember what year that movie came out, but that kind of was doing the same thing, but did it really uh, successfully. Have you seen A Fish Called Wanda before? No. I think with, it's come up on the show before. With uh, Jamie Lee Curtis. Ooh, shit. I would have remembered so that. So it actually came out right around the same time. So I guess if there was something in the air of, of a British comedy, and I, maybe there was like a movie I'm not thinking of that would pinpoint to this, but it's like, hey, let's like try to bring in these like this American quality so we can make a ton of money if we have a hit, uh, which is misguided because usually Britishness becomes popular in America when what you're doing is British and it's funny. Some mm-hmm. Americans just find British comedy not funny, like Mr. Bean or something like that, where there's people who like either find it funny or absolutely. <laughs> abhor it no I, mr bean's pretty wicked if you mr. don't like mr bean get bean. the hell out uh yeah i mean i i'm a i'm a fa- i like that faulty towers i like that nice. black adder uh mm-hmm. mr bean i liked it when i was a kid i haven't like i've never watched that movie uh i haven't like i don't really haven't gone on my way to watch mr bean but there's mm-hmm. stuff there there's some physical stuff that he does it's pretty good i think it's easy mm-hmm. to shit on mr bean um <laughs> But, yeah, yeah. Which is, anyways, the Mister Bean podcast yeah. is next week. Um, but yeah, so okay, I yeah, I think this movie sucks. Uh, I think this is like one nice. of the worst <laughs> Criterion's we've watched in a while. Nice. Um, a couple of notes here. Uh, Richard E. Grant is very smooth looking because you see a lot of him uh-huh. completely naked, nude, running around, buck naked. Um, my next note is where are the jokes? 
like all this just feels like I don't know the the writing's bad, the cast is bad, the material they have to work with is not very good. Like I don't blame Richard mm-hmm. E. Grant for this at all. Um, I just think the material's super subpar. Um, and then it kind of gets into like it takes a long time to get into like the body horror stuff, which I mean seems to be like what this movie should be more about like when you read about this it sounds like oh he has a talking boil and it's like it's like they should get into that way sooner than they do and it takes a long time and i mean there's like things that this movie kind of reminds me of like uh basket case it's kind of this like belial type deal a little bit um there's that one like we uh adam rifkin uh dark comedy i was mentioning a a few months ago the dark backward which is also kind of this thing like Mm -hmm. it's also from the same like five-year window and it's like also like a kind of like weird comedy that's like hard to like put your finger on um but i i mean that movie is like super well made and looks awesome and it's kind of junky but like appealing to me in a lot of ways whereas this movie is just like so bland and just Mm -hmm. like i couldn't give a fuck at all and my final note really is this is just not very good at all um yeah uh this was super disappointing because like I I didn't know what to expect I had no expectations but I kind of thought it would be like oh there'd be some moments in it like watching some random 80s stuff with like Rodney Dangerfield uh, Rodney Dangerfield a few Danger months ago feud? D- yeah Dangerfield uh, yeah watching that stuff like not that long ago watching some like, 80s comedy stuff usually there's some sort of charm to it or likability mm-hmm. in the American stuff this movie just has kind of like this weird empty nastiness to it and kind of directionlessness the, the writing's just not good um, there's there's like what are the jokes in this movie. Um, I don't know. This sucks. Uh, RJ, Yo. what did you think of how to get ahead in advertising? Well, Jer, I'm glad you said it. Uh, so I was going to lead with, uh, you know how before I've mentioned when we have double headers, uh, I always just bang them out one uh, after each other, one after another. Mm-hmm. So I'll watch the first one. And it was like when we did like the Dickens episode and uh, I don't know those romance movies whatever i watched the first one and i'm like oh yeah i like that and then i watched the second one right away and i'm like Ugh. it's like i i don't know what it is you get burnt out on it or something that's how i feel at least uh because there have been very few times where the second movie in the double feature uh i've enjoyed more than the first one or even at all so i was watching this movie Jared, and my first note i i made a note of it my first note was at 53 minutes and uh, I just wrote acting in quotation marks because I feel like this movie is very much everyone's everyone's acting. Yeah. Uh, and I really I don't think I, I disliked it as much as you did. Uh, and what I was saying with with Nail and I uh, when I when I watched with Nail and I, I was like, oh, yeah, I like that. Uh, but when I was going over uh, the screenshots I had, I was like, oh, maybe this movie is better than I thought. And that kind of happened to me with this one. Uh, But the screenshots, like the stills of this movie, are definitely better than the movie itself, I think, um, for for how to get ahead in advertising. Uh, It's a cool idea. It's just not executed very well at all. Mm -hmm. Uh, To the point where, like, I was talking to a friend of the show, Ryan Abel. Um, about this movie because I sent him some pictures of like the head growing out of the other yeah. guy and he's like oh shit he's like that looks awesome mm-hmm. uh, he was like what is that I was like it was the criterion this week he's like oh man was it good and I was like not really <laughs> he's like what do you mean I was like well to be honest it just made me wish I was watching like a Cronenberg movie where it's like I feel like his movies that handle 
not like similar content or like topics or themes or anything like that, but movies that are similar to this where you're using something as kind of like a metaphor for something else, which I think Cronenberg does a lot where you do that. Uh, he does it so well, like Cronenberg does where this movie, I felt it was really heavy handed and it was really preachy to the point where it's like, Oh, look how bad advertising is. They sell you this stuff. And it's like, we, it's like, I get it. Like, I get that it's bad. And I know this is like pre madman era and all that stuff, but I don't know. I felt like I felt this movie was really heavy handed. Uh, it's all over the place. Like, is it's a is it a comedy? Is it a horror movie? Is it some kind of like think piece about advertising? I don't know. It's no. all over the fucking place. Uh, and the one thing uh, this movie, uh, Richard Grant really, really annoyed me in this movie in the first like 10 minutes where he is like uh He's trying to think of an ad campaign for the cream, the oil cream. And he's like, he's acting out all the stuff. He's like, oh, I'm a 20 something year old woman with a boil on my head. And he's really, he's like, he's all arms. He's really, you guys listening can't see it, but I'm showing Jared. He's, he's all arms. Like uh, his hands are coming out. He's doing gestures and all this stuff. He's, He's really acting it up. And I was like, oh, man, I was like, I don't like this at all. Um, there's no good jokes. The It's not really a horror movie, I guess. Like, it's not supposed to be, but there there's like this element of it where it's kind of like I, I, like a person grows out of another man's neck. So I guess it's kind of has elements of that. But it's really heavy, heavy handed. It's really cheesy. I thought it was really preachy. Uh, and then I thought the ending was really fucking dumb. He, he like just gets on a horse and rides <laughs> up to a fucking hillside and is just like, I like the visual speed. of it. But... Oh, I got, I got a great screenshot of him, uh, over the, in the sunset. It, it, it looks just like a Texas chainsaw when it's like that, that <laughs> the pan nice, around the yeah, sun. Yeah. At, right at the end. I got a great screenshot of that and I'll put those out tomorrow. But, um, I don't know. It's got great images, this movie, but the movie's. It's just not very good. Yeah, I it's just not it, very good, it, man. It did like nothing for me, and I was just like watching it so absentmindedly. I was just like, man, this is like just not appealing to me at all. Did you watch them in a row or different? Uh, yeah, nights? no, I, I watched them the same day, and I don't think that had much of an issue with it because, like, with Neil and I, like, I've seen that movie like like several times before, so. Uh, watching it again was like easy enough and I was just kind of like paying attention to a, a few things differently and so it was like an easy viewing so it wasn't like oh that's cool I'm like oh well I'll watch the next movie and I was just like ooh like this does not work for me at all like it just yeah not, it has nothing going for it like I would never watch this thing ever again um, I don't know I to me it's just like a bad comedy that's not my taste Mm-hmm. Well, we'll have to we'll have to see because I know a, f- a friend of the show con- who emails in a lot gave this movie like five stars. So I would be huh. really interested to see what uh, what they were really thinking on this one. But uh, like I said, I mean, it's for me, it's just like I mean, when comedy doesn't work for you, it's like not not a good time. <laughs> Uh, it's but, like all but the it, comedies but, but that works, I hate but, but, that you like. Yeah, exactly. I mean, or yeah. yeah, vice versa. I mean, it's just who knows how it goes. It's comedy is a hard thing to pin down. It's kind of like the my least favorite thing to talk about in the podcast is because it's just like 
what's there to talk about other than you talking about themes of the movie but it's like with this movie it's like yeah it's got this like higher calling aspect that it's going for but uh but mm-hmm. i don't know it doesn't go anywhere interesting i don't think yeah, I don't know. It's too bad because uh, I liked With Nail and I a lot more than I thought I would. Mm-hmm. And then going into this one, I was like, it sounds cool. Uh, but I don't know. It was, I, it's like I said, I don't think I, I disliked it as much as you did. Mm-hmm. But I, did, I didn't really like it that much because I was like, I don't, I don't think this movie knows what it's trying to be. And I think it's coming off a little too hot on uh, what they're trying to say. Maybe. I don't know. Coming off a little hot, man. A little yeah. moist. Moist, yeah, <laughs> lovely. Uh, well, who hates these movies? Um, I'm sure a lot of people. With, with, yeah, it seems like actually uh, with Neil and I gets the, the the most hate. I think that's just because it's probably the most talked about, and so more people yeah. watch it, meaning there's more chance for people to dislike it. So right. that being said, uh, Fizzydine, uh, half oh, a okay. half a star, couldn't even finish it. Uh, uh, Fizzy Dine's favorite movies are Lakeview Terrace with uh, Samuel L. Yeah, Jackson. I remember. Um, Get Out, Hell or High Water, Fracture with Anthony Hopkins. Uh, and it looks like all of the Police Academy movies. Huh. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, there I, you go. based on that, I would not recommend someone with those tastes watch with Neil and I, I don't think right so Andy Fritz one star when a couple of failing actors need a vacation from sitting on their couch doing drugs they travel to the English countryside but they soon find out once they get there that they're going to have to spend the majority of their vacation time warding off the advances of a fat homosexual <laughs> that's it <laughs> um, one star it, w- okay wait 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 that's it there's no more okay. There's okay, no more wait. to the review. It's a, I don't want It's a synopsis. I, I have some things to say about Andy Fritz. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to be mean, but this person's picture is a fedora, so I have a good idea that this is a, a neck bur- a neck beard type guy, a nice guy. I'm a lady. Yeah. Uh, can you guess what their four favorite movies are, Jared? I uh, bet if I get, if you had four guesses, you would get at least one of. Them. Well, they're not the ones we normally go to, but ooh. when I if I told you, you would be like, oh, I got it. Can't. They're not the normal. Ones. Well, tell me then. Uh, Reservoir Dogs. Mm-hmm. Toy Story. Yeah. The Princess Bride. Uh-huh. And uh, Die Hard. <sighs> yeah. Hmm. Anyways. Anyways. Uh, Paul Christian Jacobson, <laughs> one star. Well, this was one of the most pointless, mo- most pointless movies I've ever watched in my this entire moves. life. Stuff literally just happens for 90 minutes with no cause or consequences, and it just kind of ends after throwing a Shakespearean speech at us that has nothing to do with the rest of the movie and is only there to make pretentious people think that this film is smart and deep and stuff. The acting is somewhat all right, but the characters are so ellipsis. Oh, edgy. Uh, This person likes some good stuff, actually. Uh, they got some Hal Ashby movies, some horror movies. Uh, they like Monty Python, which I feel like they might like. No. But uh, favorite films include Cloud Atlas. Oh. Two thousand and one. 
So I'll, I'll let you deal with that however you see fit. Cloud Atlas from 2001. That's no, a... Cloud Atlas and ah. also including 2001 A Space Odyssey. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I think this is one more for uh, with Nail. Philip Bergstrom, one and a half star. Why would you waste time with this when you could watch 107 minutes of Inherent Vice instead? Uh, like being the only sober person at a party where everybody's shit-faced on liquor and speed and thinks they're being the cleverest people alive. Um, so I don't, I guess, I, I mean, I know Inherent Vice is a lot longer than 107 minutes, um, and that movie's not that good, so I don't know why you would watch Inherent Vice I don't instead, know. but hey. Hey. Uh, Philippe's uh, four favorite movies are movies I've never even heard of or recognize at all, so who gives a shit? Fine. Uh, and as far as uh, how to get ahead, uh, haters, Calamity Hay, relentlessly smug and unpleasant, Richard E. Grant has to be one of my least favorite actors. Go read Postman or McLuhan or something. Yeah. Go read some Marshall McLuhan, RJ, instead of watching this movie. Uh, I would, but I don't know who Marshall McLuhan is. Really? Wow. Yep. Uh, this person's Lucky got you. old movies as uh, top fives, but also my Winnipeg. No. Oh. Ah, well, yeah, hey, right. uh, I, I think his movie's not so good either, my friend. Uh, Tom Prankard. Scarrett? Uh, Prankard. Uh, Tom Scarrett. Two stars. A fantastic concept for a TV sketch or a comic strip presents. Short film, but stretched fatally in a feature film. Early on, there's some real bite, and Richard E. Grant is always watchable when allowed to go full Richard E. Grant. But the funny metaphor comedy quickly becomes a half-arsed body horror farce. Hmm. Hmm. This person likes some good movies. And that's all I'm going to tell you. All right, then. Uh, they liked uh, Long Good Friday, Drive, Brazil, Once Upon a Time in hmm. the West. Yeah. Decent enough. I don't know what to tell you. Uh... I don't know. It just didn't work for us. No. You can like it. That's fine. It's no big deal. You, just, have, uh, you have our permission. <laughs> you have our permission to like it. Whatever. Yeah. Just wasn't our bag, baby. Uh, yeah. There, mm-hmm. you, there you go. Um. After the break, uh, Uncle, we get raped by Uncle, fat men. Uncle rape, fat rape, head growing over back, etc. You know the shtick. Jarrett's gonna get punched into a teapot. That's right, and then roasted with my feet on. Mm-hmm. With How do you feel about that Richard E. Grant? All all said and done. 
Uh, I like him in one movie I've seen him in, and I dislike him in another movie I've seen him in. Are those the only two movies you've seen with him? Uh, no, he was in Logan, the Smash <sighs> X-Men movie. No. Bro? Uh, no, there was actually a couple of things I I had seen him in, but uh, I don't have it up here, so I can't tell you. I've seen him in seven movies. That's a lot. Seven. That's pretty good. Dracula, Corpse Bride, Logan, Spice World, <laughs> My Little uh, The Little Vampire. Yeah. That movie that keeps coming up every episode. Mm-hmm. Every episode. Um, cool. You can email us at criterioncreeps at gmail.com and, I don't know, talk about Richard E. Grant, I guess, in The Little Vampire. Uh, Let us know if you've seen The Little Vampire. Sure. We've got a Facebook page. We're on Instagram. We're on Letterboxd. I'm Jared Duncan. He's Barnlow. Whoa. Words. They're they're tough. Hard. We have a Patreon page. We're on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play, YouTube, all those things. Next week, Spine 121, John Schlesinger's Billy Liar from 1963, another British movie. Sounds fucking boring, dude. Hey, I've got some hopes. i got some hopes for this one. It's from the the man who brought us uh, Midnight Cowboy, which also just came out on Criterion. I, I, I watched the. Tra- I saw a little bit of this trailer, and so it, it's, it sounds like uh, on paper it sounds good. So uh, I'm hoping. I've got hopes. Is this Cause, like cause uh, Billy at- Elliot? Yeah, maybe. Because um, after that, it's like double, double header, double header, double header, and there will be a break. There will be a week break coming up, folks. Just to give you a heads up. We're having a break. Well, somebody's not going to be around that time. We can do it the day be- or the day before. No, no. Well, you heard it here. Unless he edits it out to make me seem like the bad guy. You are a bad person. I don't need to make you worse than you are. Unbelievable. Yeah, that's like I think the end of July or something like that, right? I don't know. Yeah. And yeah, oh yes. yeah, yeah. That's the plan. Anyway. And it's going to be like the Carl Theodore Dreyer. There's like four movies. We're not going to watch those all in one week. We're going to mm-hmm. spread them out between two weeks. It's it's a unprecedented move in the Criterion Creeps podcast. Is it? It is. Well, you heard it here first. That's right. Garrett changed things again. Yeah, changing the rules. Mm-hmm. You never know what to expect. Except for quality and hardcore pornography. <sighs> balls <laughs> good night folks balls hey mm-hmm. vaginas <laughs>